5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Uh, excited about the show. We're going to go inside the ECU clubhouse. We'll chat with Coach Godwin coming up. Uh, and then uh, a moment of personal privilege uh, today. I'm going to talk to my my dad, the coach. Kelly Johnson will be uh, with us. We'd have him tomorrow, but we have Pirate basket, uh, pirate Baseball tomorrow. So uh, ECU Duke, that'll be a heck of a game. Hey, uh, let's uh, say hello to Ben Byram, who's uh, producing today. Ben, hope you're well. Hey, Ben. I'm, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm seeing all this uh, Cam Newton bashing. I'm like, hey, that's well, what we need to bash him for. We're going to get into all that uh, here before we go to Coach Godwin. Speaking of Coach Godwin, could you cue up and play, uh, uh, even though it is a bit of a long cut, uh, Coach uh, Godwin in cut four on the vast soundbite roster today, even though we're going to hear from, well, actually, let's do six. We're going to hear from Coach this in a few minutes. Uh, as we uh, talked to him on the phone, but this was Coach Godwin following the weekend sweep. Uh, this was his post game, I believe, from Sunday after the Pirates uh, swept through the Rhode Island Rams. Biggest takeaway, uh, well, I just think what we were put into some stressful situations. No, we didn't trail, but we were tied. We went into extra innings. Uh, even today, we got tested early. It was a three to two game. We had to keep grinding. They would score and for our guys to bounce back. You're going to have some games where you have to, you know, take a blow, throw a blow, take a blow, weather the storm, and just keep grinding. And I thought our guys did that this weekend at a high level. We weren't perfect, which I tell our guys we're not trying to play perfect. We're just trying to play aggressive and execute more times and win more pitches than the other team. Certainly Friday was an exciting win uh, at night going to extra innings. Very workmanlike performance from Cooch Maynard on the hill on uh, – on Saturday, he was something. And then uh, Carson Wisenhunt was just spectacular. Ten strikeouts over four. He didn't get the decision, but uh, was leading when he left the game on the pitch count of 74. What was uh, the difference for Carson Wisenhunt for this season compared to his lone outing last season? Um, last year, I was uh, a lot more nervous, kind of like felt like I had to prove something that I just didn't need to do. Um, felt like I did too much. And this year, I feel like I'm just kind of going out there and controlling what I can and just filling up the zone and letting the defense work. He's going to certainly have moments as a freshman where he might have, you know, get into a little bit of trouble. I mean, it's just going to happen. He's a freshman. But if he gets better with the pitch economy, ooh, that's a ver- that's a that's a formidable uh, three starters with uh, Tyler Smith, Cooch Manor, and uh, now Wisenhunt, who got a, a national honor. Uh, one of the publications naming him one of their players of the week following his 10K performance. Uh, did Lewis and Hunt learn anything from uh, Cooch and Tyler Smith? Yeah, so uh, I talked to them about every day. Um, talked to Smitty Friday after he got done, uh, just kind of what he felt, what he was doing on the mound, what was going through his head while he was throwing, and the same thing with Cooch on Saturday. Um, just kind of getting there in their head about, like, what they were kind of thinking facing that lineup, trying to get those guys with what – 
pitches or whatever they were trying to do. So Duke, 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 D-O-O-K. Duke took uh, two out of three at Coastal this weekend. That, I tell you what, Duke's got a hell of a start to their baseball. So you, three games at Coastal, a few years removed from a College World Series title, and then ECU. Uh, Coach Pollard doesn't duck anybody with that Duke program. And uh, we'll talk to Coach Godwin about that coming up in just a few minutes here, and we'll talk more about the Pirate uh, sweep over uh, – the weekend of Rhode Island. Big thanks, I want to say, before we get going to Ben. Uh, also, our guy, uh, Ryan, DJ Squirrelbot, doing a great job. Uh, Dylan Johnson, helping us out over the weekend with our ECU coverage, and also Derek uh, Alcorn. So our, our crew behind the scenes, uh, we've got a great staff. They do a wonderful job during football, and uh, now that we're engaged in uh, basketball, they've really done a great job, really, the last couple years, but... Uh, Thought, I thought you guys did a great job this weekend, so I wanted to give you all a shout out. Oh wow! I don't know. I'm I don't know how. Well, you are you're you're now Mr. Byram, as I understand it. So uh, yeah, because I'm a suit know, now. You're a suit, so. and you're you're talking to big executives from the worldwide leader, and they call you Mr. Ben. So, <laughs> all right, uh, this Cam Newton thing. So this popped up yesterday late. Uh, ben, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Cam Newton was at some kind of uh, football camp, right? What's well, his camp? He hosts a seven. Oh, it's uh, his seven camp. On seven every year. It's a seven on. That's right, because I think Sunholder's covered that before. Our yeah. guy Jay Sunholder, who we heard from a minute ago. So it's the Cam Newton seven on seven camp, and some kid is at the camp mouthing off at him. Right? Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. All right. So we've got the audio from both these things. So this is Cam, or this is the kid mouthing off at Cam Newton. All right, I had a hot take on this, Ben, but now I've heard um I've heard that cut under headphones, so now I have a different take on this. Yeah, See, originally, yeah. I couldn't really understand what the kid was saying other than you're a free agent. But then the kid started shouting at Cam, you're poor. <laughs> and then Cam come back at him and said, I'm rich. See, I was going to I was ready to go in on Cam Newton for engaging the kid saying I'm rich. But he was responding to the kid talking smack. Yeah. So, so now I'm totally on team on team Cam. Forget about this dopey kid. He's a dope. I, I, look, I don't think Cam needs to engage him, but it is his thing. He was there on the sideline. It is his camp. He was there on the sideline. And the kid was saying it was, but that's just kind of Cam's natural reaction. I think Cam should have just blown him off and, and walked on. But I, I originally, when I saw this clip, I didn't hear that the kid said you're poor to which Cam. that's why Cam was saying he was rich. I just thought Cam was getting up in his face after he talked some jive saying, I'm rich. Uh, get away from me. You uh, lowly surf. Not the case, Ben, not the case. No, no. Well, think about it this way. If he was to just kind of, because at this point, everybody's looking at that kid. Everybody's like, what's going on here? What's well, who, have we found out who the kid? I know some some journo's were working on it. Oh yeah, every, uh, if you go on Twitter, you you would know who the kid is. But I don't want to kind of call him yeah, out yeah. or anything. He's, but I mean, is he a baller? Or is I, he I just have, a kid. I have no idea. He's just a kid, according okay. to, from what I've found out. Right. 16, 17 years old. So he's a dope. He's a, he's he's just if a you're kid, That's all right. If you're listening to me out there, and you have a teenage son or teenage daughter, they're 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 dopes. Let's just face it, they're dopes. And they can't help it. That's just the way. Look, I was a dope when I was a teenager, probably well beyond that. 
Ben, you're pretty well a dope. I mean, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Teenagers are dopes. And so the kid was just, but you know, there was this big, everybody wanted to get into this socio logical argument, philosophical argument on Twitter about, and I can see some of this now, you know, there's a kid who probably has gotten on social media and shot his mouth off. Right. Yeah. And the social media thing's interesting. I watched one episode over the weekend, uh, yesterday. In fact, some of my stories that I like to watch weren't on. So uh-huh. I went to, I went to the on demand and who was the guy, the, the, the rapper six, nine rapper. What was the guy's name? Six, nine. Yeah. But what was his first I, name? I think it's Danny Hernandez or something like that. Danny Hernandez, but he went by whatever it is. Anyway, it showed how he rose to fame by basically going on social media and talking like an idiot. He's a troll. Exactly. That's it. He is. He is a troll with a fan fascinating look. He doesn't even say he makes good music. He just knows he's trolling everybody. Right. He's, but he's a troll. Yeah. And that's what all, all these kids think you have to do now. And so this kid at least says it at Cam Newton in his face, I guess. But it is a little bit of a disrespectful sort of thing. All right, Cam later on uh, tries to take the high road with the kid. I did not hear this. I saw the cut, but I could not. Um, for some reason, I couldn't get the audio to work when I was on was on my old man phone. So uh, play this, Ben. I'm going to hear this for the first time under headphones as well. Nah, nah, ain't no disrespect. You know, if you want some attention, I'm going to give you some attention. The right way, bro. The right way. When do y'all play? Play what was our record today then? One and two. No, two and two and one. Two and one. Two and one. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't able to see because y'all was yeah, too. Cameras on me. All right, cameras bro. On me all what time. did he do, man? Does he play? He got speed. <laughs> he got speed. No, he's playing. He's speed. Yeah. Oh. Huh? You gonna see? Nah, you ain't, don't act shy, you nah, bro. Don't <laughs> act shy. I'm right here. I'm asking. I couldn't see today. You gonna watch YouTube? Oh, you watch YouTube? I know you do. I'm cafeteria crotch, man. Stop, stop, stop. What you do? No, I'm really trying to ask you. Like, I'm trying to see like what you, what you. Do. We do that shit for real though. I'm like, we rep that two one five. 205? 215. 215. Okay, cool. Well, I'm just like, <laughs> please don't be one-dimensional. Like, like, you said something to me, then I go, I'm really trying to talk to you. I'm not trying to, like, crack no jokes. I'm just really trying to ask a simple question. I'm so, I, it's, it's your fault why everybody's looking, but I'm really just trying to ask a question. But you never said what you did. You said you're going to see. All right, so that was some tape of the interaction. I guess Cam was trying to engage the kid and and make a point, which was, are you running your mouth or are you just, are you doing something to help your team win? Makes sense. Yeah. And then, and then his coach came in and tried to break up the situation and he was trying to explain to his coach. I'm just trying to coach up the kid and tell him like, this isn't the way to go. And right. Yeah. The whole thing. Oh, did that turn into a whole thing? No, I mean, no, no, no. It was just, he was just trying to explain to the coach what was going on. Cause the coach um, came in he just, he just so happened to see Cam Newton mouthing off at this kid, and he's like, hey, he's got to defend his player, and he's trying to explain well, yeah, to the coach, like, this is not I, what's going on here. Yeah, I don't think the coach, I don't think Cam was mouthing off at yeah, the kid, no. do you? But you just imagine you're a coach, maybe you're coming out of the bathroom or something, and all of a sudden you see Cam Newton kind of mouthing off at the kid, and then the other kids are making fun of him, saying he's got cafeteria crocs, and you might get the wrong impression. Oh. <laughs> uh. Well, now the coach probably knows that the kid was running his mouth at camp. Yeah, well, right? he, since then, he's made a public apology on Twitter. The yeah, kid the has? kid, yep. Hmm, good. 
No, that's good. I think that's a good thing. Don't you, Ben? Oh, yeah. I mean, no, that's that's the appropriate thing to do. I like that. That's the appropriate thing to do. But I mean, just pe- people really love. I mean, shouldn't say people. Media. Whoo. A lot of guys in the media love them some Cam Newton, don't they? They love the hate on him. Well, see, I think they were coming to his aid on the, but I actually agree with uh, Cam on all this. Yeah, I do too. And I thought he handled it pretty well. I mean, uh, people should have ignored the kid to begin with, but yeah. I thought it was fine that he went and talked to him after. And- well, this is why I feel like he had to do something because at that point, all the kids were looking at him. And, and, and if he would have just let that slide, I felt like oh, the yeah. other kids would have felt like, okay, they could have got away with something like that too. And maybe it would have escalated into a situation that couldn't be controlled. Mm. Okay. I think he just I, he was just trying to make an example of him, not not necessarily in a you. negative light, just kind of show. No, no, like, I don't. Hey. I, I I think it's fine that he broached the yeah. kid, but I mean, there. And look, kudos to the kid for apologizing. That's more than you. I mean, he did a video. He didn't do like some. No, no, he oh, he did God. a video. He, no, he did the notes. He did the screenshot of oh, the notes on his phone. Did he do a screenshot? Okay. And many people don't think he actually wrote that apology. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm going to knock that down a level then, since he didn't do a video. <laughs> But at least he apologized or tried to. Yeah, yeah, he tried. All right, uh, Cliff Godwin, when we return, and then uh, the coach, Kelly Johnson, joining us. Looking forward to talking to uh, him, uh, but also looking forward to Coach Godwin. You'll hear our chat with Coach as we go inside the ECU clubhouse next. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. It's time to head inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Baseball Coach Cliff Godwin on your home for East Carolina baseball. 94-3, the game. Going back, looking up. See you later. Patrick Johnson's visit with Coach Godwin is covered by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and New Bern. Also by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Here's Patrick Johnson with Coach Cliff Godwin. For the first time in 11 months, Pirate Baseball taking the diamond. We go inside the ECU clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin. I'm Patrick Johnson. Thanks for being with us. Well, Coach, a, a sweep of Rhode Island over the weekend. Biggest thing, I, I, one of my big takeaways uh, is there just seemed to be so much joy in Pirate Nation. At, at Clark LeClaire Stadium. I might even say a little joy from Coach Godwin. Joy all around Greenville. I think everybody was just, just excited to have baseball back for the first time in 10, 11 months. It was great. Yeah, I know our players, our staff, you know, it's been a long time, and you really didn't know it was going to go off until the game actually started on Friday night. So a lot of positivity, a lot of joy, a lot of hard work by – our players, our coaches, you know, Zach Womack, athletic trainers, just to, to be able to do it. And so thrilled that the fans could enjoy watching it at least online if they couldn't be here um, with the limited number of fans. And as we thought, you know, I think the, the governor's going to open things up a little bit. Hope um, so, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Hope he does. Uh, and, and we'll see what he does. There's a lot of pressure. I mean, I, I, you know, there there's some, uh, some local people involved with Air Force uh, their baseball program, and you look at some of their social media, 
They played at LSU this weekend. They had safe, socially distanced fans there uh, at LSU. So let's hope uh, that happens in North Carolina. Uh, A really uh, interesting set of three games, uh, Coach. But uh, yesterday, uh, Carson Wisenhunt uh, had a little adversity, but was able to to get outs. And, uh, you know, four innings. Assess the freshman's first start because uh, there were some moments that it could have gotten away from him, but he, he bounced back. Carson is tremendous talent. He's come so far from last year to this year mentally. Uh, he's worked extremely hard. We knew that he was going to have the stuff, but as you know, as a, as a freshman going out there in your first collegiate start, there's butterflies, there's jitters, there's, of course, I'm sure some uncertainty about what's going on. You're facing a different opponent. Uh, he was really good the first two innings, the third inning. Uh, you know, he walked the guy, mm-hmm. with one out, got pushed, bunts, and then, you know, a couple hits, and it's first and third, one out, and we're up three to two at the time. So you're, you're thinking, hey, this is the time where, you know, you need to bear down and, and use your stuff. And he went, I think, back-to-back strikeouts mm-hmm. or strikeout and a pop-up to get out of the inning, and we still had the lead. And that's your job as a starting pitcher is give your chance your team a chance to win when you start the game. And he did that. He left the game after the fourth inning, and I think he struck out the side of the fourth inning with a one-run lead, and then you pass it to the bullpen, and it's the next guy up mentality. So uh, really happy for him. Yeah, as coaches, it's a little bit more stressful, but I'm glad he got put into an uncomfortable situation with another uniform because that's what's going to happen throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, he, he strikes out 10-4, and four, so that just naturally leads to a high volume of pitches. I think you said after the game last night that uh, he was kind of near the count. You just didn't want to send him back out there for just a handful of pitches because he was already at 74. That's correct. So he was on an 80-pitch pitch count. Um, so he had 74 after the four innings, and – Look, he got out of the jam, and the thing people don't look at a lot either is the stress pitches. And, of course, the third inning had some stress pitches, but even some of our relievers, you know, Mayhew could have probably gone another inning yesterday, but he had a lot of stressful pitches on Friday night and just to manage that because it's a long season. You know, it became a bullpen game after four. Uh, you end up with uh, five guys uh, trotted out there, Zach Agnos among them, Mayhew, Beal, who gets the win. Uh, Skyler Brooks, who we'll talk about offensively in a moment as well. But you got a good look at, at guys in a situation where uh, the game was building. In other words, you were, it was close when, when in particular, Deal, uh, Beal entered, Danny Beal. But then you have uh, the, this game evolving where you're adding to the lead, building to the lead, and, and sending guys out there. So their mentality is just to, to keep this Rhode Island team down. Yeah, we, we've talked about this uh, amongst our team is, we want all of our starting pitchers to be Friday night starters and all of our relievers to be closers. Mm-hmm. Whenever you come into the game, you're a closer. Close out that inning, and if we want you to run back out, then close out another inning. If not, pass it to the next guy. And if we can have that mentality, then I think we have a chance to be pretty good. Coach Godwin is uh, with us here. We're uh, going inside the ECU clubhouse with uh, the coach. Uh, 3-0 and for East Carolina after the sweep of Rhode Island over the weekend. Seemed like, Coach, yesterday you put the ball in play an awful lot, 12 hits, Rhode Island commits uh, eight errors. You were hitting the ball, uh, particularly uh, Saturday, I thought, on the nose a lot of times. And eventually those things even out. You start to, those, you keep swinging and get good uh, good swings. Eventually those balls are going to find uh, their way for base hits or more. Exactly. I thought we hit some balls hard Friday night and the wind's blowing in. Cold, when it's cold here, the ball just doesn't travel yeah. as good, which – 
that's been a lot of places. Uh, Bryson Worrell has not a lot to show in the box scores, but he would have hit two home runs on Saturday and I think one on Friday uh, because of the wind. But you just got to keep barreling the ball up. I thought we got some uh, payback yesterday with some got some balls that were blooped in, which that's part of baseball. You yeah. just got to keep trying to hit baseball hard. Uh, defensively, Rhode Island, not being outside for the first two games, played really well defensively. And then you could see just some of our pressure. We were able to put them on, put them in with some of the speed we had on the base pass, made them uncomfortable. And that's what you try to do as the weekend goes on, just put pressure on people and hopefully wear them down. It's inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Baseball coach Cliff Godwin. I'm Patrick Johnson. It's brought to you by the Gavigan Agency Insurance and Financial Services and Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center. Two-way you, the hashtag that's uh, popular, and uh, I think the hashtag on the ECU Twitter account was pitchers who rake. I don't know if Malcolm, I don't know who came up with that one. That's pretty good. Skylar Brooks, I, I don't think the wind could have been – he could have been in a wind machine, and I think that ball would have gotten out of the uh, out of the ballpark. I mean, he crushed it. That that was that was titanic. Yeah, 109 miles an hour. He wouldn't want to run that baseball, and I think 415 feet. He uh, – he, Skylar, you know, Skylar's been working hard, and a guy that started for some last year offensively, and, of course, he hasn't been a starter positionally, but he's been better on the mound force, and – We've had a lot of conversations, and he's a competitor. He wants to be put in those situations, and I'm happy for him because he deserved that moment. And for him to pitch an inning, scoreless inning, and then hit a three-run bomb, which is probably one of the farthest balls that I've ever seen hit at Clark Leclerc Stadium was awesome. (laughs) Now, you know, the social media coach had it uh, going on to the south lanes of Charles, just so you know. I think it bounced bounced over there. Okay. Well, still, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it still got there. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty amazing. I want to go back to uh, game one. It obviously uh, was a, an extremely competitive uh, game. And uh, how about Christian Smallwood? I know you were happy for him. He gets the game-winning uh, hit. Uh, and another guy that uh, is put in a position and he executes uh, in extra innings. Super team guy, a guy that was in our starting lineup to start the season last year. And, you know, I told him, it's like, hey, look, you're not going to start on opening day, but you're going to have a big at bat as you've always had at some point in time. Of course, I didn't know that's the way it was going to happen. But Smalls has had two walk-off hits in his career. I never had a walk-off hit at East Carolina. I was here for five years, so I probably had 400, <laughs> 400 more at bats than Smalls did, and you know he's had two. So I really believe in when you put in the work, good things happen to good people, and Smalls is a, a great. He's a great baseball player, but he's a better person. He's going to go to med school one day. Just super excited for him. Yeah. What What was really uh, great about that too, Coach, was, again, and I think a lot of that is your guys are so emotionally invested. But, I mean, and, of course, you're going to be excited when you win a, a game in a walk-off fashion. But, I mean, it, th- those guys exploded out of the dugout. And I don't know if that was just the pent-up excitement from – from all these months, but what was it like in the dugout during the course of game one as you go into extra innings? Could you, I know you're concentrating a lot on what's going on in the field, but but take us inside the dugout as far as, you know, what you were what you were feeling from, from the guys on, uh, on Monday or Friday night. I thought offensively we played a little bit uncharacteristic and just took two big a swings against a guy we thought we should, you know, barrel at the baseball against. Now give credit to 
the Rhode Island guy kept us off balance and then the relievers and all that good stuff. But I, I don't think there was any sense of panic, especially right. when Cam, Cam Colmore came in the game with the bases loaded one out in the ninth inning in a 2-0 count. You got a six-year senior that gets a ground ball, which we turn the double play. Ryder and Norby turn the double play, and now the momentum's back in our dugout. And you look at those moments, and, you know, that was a huge moment in the game. And Cam was able to get us back in the dugout. Of course, we didn't score in the bottom of the ninth, but Cam goes back out. And, you know, it's a quick inning, and we get right back in the dugout. You could just sense the momentum in our dugout, and, and our guys felt like we were going to win. There was a play yesterday, and, and, and Coach Godwin with us uh, here, the former catcher, uh, who, who tells us no no walk-off winning base hits in his uh, Pirate career, despite all the many at-bats. But but you uh, you certainly have, um, you know, an affinity for that position, and you put a lot of responsibility on guys that have caught for you as uh, the head coach of this program. Seth Goodell, it may seem minor, but he makes a heck of a play on a ball that got away, I believe, in the fourth inning. I mean, it's still a tight game at that point, Uh and, and, I mean, just to get back there, make that play and throw the guy out at first base, it was a great stretch down at first as well. Uh, that was, you know, we talk about web gems. Uh, I know you as a catcher probably would want that one to be considered a, a, certainly a top three type of play because it really was a heck of a play. Heck of a play by Seth for him to catch off the three games. And Carson's not easy to catch because his stuff's so powerful yeah. and he spikes breaking balls that guys swing at. Seth made an unbelievable play on that ball. Josh Moreland on the first base side. You know, if he's not 6'4", who knows if he can stay on the, the base. But I definitely couldn't have made that play as a catcher. Seth made it look somewhat easy, and Josh made it look easy. And uh, something else, I mean, Austin Knight has taken over the, the catchers defensively. Austin caught for me for three years mm-hmm. at Ole Miss. And mm-hmm. He's done a tremendous job with the catchers. And it has just freed me up to spend more time with the hitters. Um, solely so all the catching defensive stuff and how great Seth has developed goes the credit goes to Austin Knight for his work that he's put in with Seth, Ben Newton, Justin Wilcox, and then Joey Resick. So um he's done a great job. Coach, how about uh Jake Cooch Maynard's uh performance on uh on Saturday? Uh uh Cooch just seemed to get better as he went and that's the way uh Jake Cooch Maynard is and, and we expect him to be this season. Yeah, normally Cooch gets better as the season goes on. That's just kind of how he's always been. But Cooch was Cooch. I mean, he went out there and put up zeros, um, worked fast, made the other team uncomfortable, and he's a winner. I said that, you know, I'm glad Cooch is on our side because he's a winner. He figures out ways to win baseball games and win in life. I mean, he wins in all areas of his life. On Tuesday, uh, a top, for all intents and purposes, a top 15 matchup uh, between uh, Duke and uh, and ECU. Oftentimes in football, and I know you're, you're a great admirer of the Clemson program and the Alabama program, we sort of see these early season games where top programs are paired against one another. Basketball does it with these sort of made-for-TV top 10 events. Uh, and we're seeing it with baseball, uh, at least in Greenville on Tuesday, uh, Duke and ECU. Chris Pollard has, has done a fantastic job there. And, and I think it's a matchup of two programs that are are knocking on the door of Omaha. Chris has done an unbelievable job since he's been the head coach at, at Duke and his staff and just getting the players to believe in the hashtag blue collar. You see them put that out on social media a lot. He, he's just done a great job. And they recruit all over the country, of course, with the academic requirements that is at Duke. I mean, you have to do that. So I, I just tip my hat to Chris and his staff for 
being able to put together a consistent program. I mean, they put together a consistent winner. Coach like you is a competitive uh, son of a gun, and and uh, I know you you want to beat Duke, and he wants to beat ECU. So I, that's going to be a dynamite game tomorrow, uh, four o'clock Tuesday. And you could hear it, of course, on 94.3, the game beginning at uh, 3.45. Coach, as far as uh, what lies ahead, uh, Duke, this week, and then uh, a series, your first road series uh, coming up. Between now and then, uh, what will be some of the things uh, ahead of Duke and out of Duke that you'll uh, work on before you head into that first road series of the year? We'll lift weights today. We always lift weights on Monday. We'll get the, the pitchers who need to throw, you know, to get their arms going. Uh, Carter Spivey will pitch tomorrow and see which relievers that we'll have available for tomorrow. Uh, the hitters will just do a little bit of hitting. We'll get them off their feet. To be honest with you, it's the first weekend that we've played. I mean, we played 10 innings on Friday, so we went 10-9-9. Nine, nine. So mm-hmm. to get our guys off their feet a little bit, to get them rested for tomorrow, and then we'll play tomorrow, and then Wednesday will be an off day for the guys who have played a lot, and then we'll get on the bus and go to Georgia Southern on Thursday morning. Coach Cliff Godwin, hey, Coach, thanks for the time. Should be an exciting week, Duke, tomorrow, and then the first road trip down to Georgia this weekend. Best of luck. Thanks, Patrick. This has been Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin, presented by Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center, reminding you that a colonoscopy could save your life. And by the Gavigan Agency, covering Pirate Nation's personal and commercial insurance needs with offices in Greenville and Newburgh. Ben Barm here for 94 through the game sports update. We start with Pirate Baseball as two Pirate players are honored to the Americans Conference honor roll for their efforts in ECU series sweep over Rhode Island. Freshman Carson Wisenhunt and sophomore Connor Norby were the honorees. With Wisenhunt being honored as Collegiate Baseball's National Player of the Week, here's head coach Cliff Godwin and Carson Wisenhunt's performance in game three of their series against Rhode Island. And they all—they're all solid, Corey. Uh, you know, I was really proud of Carson. Carson, uh, you know, was dominant early. You know, walks the guy, guy executes a push bunt. Things start, you know, uh, testing it. You know, that's what happens when you, it's your first college start. Things are not going to go as planned, and you're not just going to strike out the side every time. Uh, I was really happy when I think it became first and third, and it was a three to two game. I think he went back to back punch outs, and a time where, hey, he's a freshman, and he could have went a different way and I was super proud that he ran off the field and was able to uh, get out of that inning and then go out there and throw one more and in high school hoops over the weekend, a number of local teams earned bids to the state playoffs. Teams from local private schools include 1A Boys, second-ranked Greenfield School versus top-ranked Victory Christian School. In 1A Girls, we have top-ranked Punga Christian against second-ranked Lee Christian. and 3A Girls, third-ranked Parrot Academy at top-ranked Asheville Christian. Local public schools earning bids in the playoffs include 4A Boys, fifth-ranked South Central will be taking on 12th-ranked Rollsville, 15th-ranked Newburn will be at second-ranked Millbrook, 3A Boys, 5th-ranked D.H. Conley versus 12th-ranked Southern Durham. 4th-ranked Rocky Mount will take on 13th-ranked Northwood. 6th-ranked West Carteret will be against 11th-ranked Williams. And the 2A boys 9th-ranked Formal Central will be at 8th-ranked Hertford County. 16th-ranked Southwest Edgecombe will be at top-ranked South Granville. 13th-ranked Kinston will be at 4th-ranked Randleman. 3rd-ranked Washington Pampack will be against 13th-ranked Wallace Rose Hill. 
and 15-seeded Northeastern will be at second-ranked Trash. In the 1A boys, 16th-ranked Southside at top-seeded Granville Central, 8th-seeded East Carteret be at ninth seeded Beargrass Charter. Fifth ring Riverside Martin will take on 12th seeded Gates County. Fourth rank Edenton Holmes will be at 13th rank Pender. Third rank Wilson Prep will be at Lakewood. Tenth seeded Rosewood will be at seventh seeded Henderson Collegiate. Fifteenth seeded Perquimans will be at second rank West Columbus. And the 3A girls second rank DH Conley will be at 15th seeded North- Northern Guilford. Eighth seeded Swansboro will be at ninth seeded Clayton. 13th seeded Jacksonville will be at 4th seeded Terry Sanford. And 6th ranked Rocky Mount will be against 11th seeded Southeastern Guilford. And the 2A girls, 9th seeded Farmer Central will be at 8th seeded Kinston. 16th seeded North Pitt will be at top ranked first flight. 14th seeded Crowtown will be against 3rd seeded East Duplin. 6th seeded Southwest Onslow will be against 11th seeded, 11th seeded Whiteville. 7th seeded Roanoke Rapids will be against 10th seeded St. Paul's. And 15th seeded North Lower will be at 2nd ranked McMichael. And in the 1A girls, 9th seeded Northside Pond Town will be at 8th seeded West Columbus. 5th seeded East Carter will be at 12th seeded Edenton Home. 13th ranked Riverside Martin will be at 4th ranked Cape Hatteras. 6th ranked North Edgecombe will be at 11th ranked Roxborough Community. 7th ranked Gates County will be at Vance Charter. And 15th seeded Southside will be at 2nd ranked Falls Lake Academy. And some college troops games of note tipping off the night starting at 6. Gardner Webb travels to South Carolina upstate. The Gardner-Webb Bulldogs are favored by four, five points. At seven, Duke looks to make a late rally effort in the NCAA tournament. They host Syracuse. The Duke Blue, Duke Blue Devils are favored in that game by six points. At nine, 18th-ranked Texas Tech takes on Oklahoma State. The OSU Cowboys are the underdogs by three and a half points. At 19th-ranked USC matches up against Oregon. The USC Trojans are the four-point favorites in that matchup. In college football, former Nebraska quarterback Luke McCaffrey, the brother of Christian McCaffrey, is transferring to Louisville in seven games for the Cornhuskers Luke had just under 500 yards passing with one touchdown and six interceptions. Meanwhile, Notre Dame would not grant their likenesses to the new NCAA football video game coming out until the NIL rules are finalized and the players can receive compensation. From the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin has tested positive for COVID-19, but is reportedly in good health. Four-time Pro Bowl guard Mike Upati is retiring after 11 seasons from the league. And Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. is adamant that he would not give up his number 11 to Carson Wentz, stating, and I quote, I am number 11. I don't think there's any deal that's going to be done. Moving forward the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves have fired head coach Ryan Sanders after their loss to the Knicks that made them record-wise the worst team in the NBA. Saunders will now be replaced by Toronto Raptors assistant Chris Finch as their new head coach. And wrapping it up for the NHL, the Carolina Hurricanes look to continue their dominance over the reigning Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning at 7. Expected to start in the net for the Canes, Alex Nedeltrovic, Nedeltrovic, while the Lightning will likely stick with their number one and Andre Vasilevsky. If you're 94 through the game sports update, I'm Ben Barham. And... Pirates. Oh, yeah. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, put its pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Just follow me. We're doing it for the gram. Check out picks from the PJ Show and more. Plus, picks from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game. Now on Instagram.
questions as to why Farmville Central's basketball team is a, an undefeated outfit under uh, Larry Williford. The boys are having to travel after winning a conference championship and beating uh, all comers during this abbreviated high school season. Why they're having to travel in the first round. We'll give you some answers on that. Uh, explain why the Farmville girls are also in that same situation. But first, a reminder, you can download a couple of uh, great podcasts on our website, 943thegame.com. This show, the Patrick Johnson Show, after every episode, usually within uh, 30 minutes or so, we'll have the PJ Show up for you in the evening, so you can check that out, the entire thing. It's fun to listen to. Uh, tell your friends. Also, every Monday morning around uh, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, we go inside the ECU clubhouse with Coach Cliff Godwin. You just heard a little bit of that, but we also have for you uh, the complete podcast in its uh, fully produced form. You can check that out every uh Monday morning at our website, the brand new 943thegame.com. So Farmville Central goes undefeated in both boys and girls basketball. The North Carolina High School Athletic Association taking all of the conference champions at all classifications, putting them in a hat, and they drew the seed this year. So whatever number you drew with your team, that's where you are going to be seeded. And as a result, Farmville, despite uh, in a normal year, probably in boys and girls basketball being seeded as a top two seed at least, Perhaps in Farmville's case, the number one seed on the girls. Certainly, I would think a top two or three is the boy seed, if not the number one overall seed, uh, based on other metrics, but not the case this year in uh, our COVID basketball season. So Farmville's boys head to Hertford County Tuesday for an opening round game, and Hertford's got a pretty good team. Uh, also, Farmville's girls will take on Kinston Tuesday night. That's basically a rematch of the uh, state championship games uh, or state Eastern Regional Final, I should say, from uh, a couple of years ago. So two very good basketball programs there. Uh, in the 4A boys, South Central getting in as a five seed on the draw, so they will uh, play at home on Tuesday, as will Conley. They uh, got in out of the 3A portion of the uh, ECC 3A, 4A, and the Vikes are going to be a five seed in the opening round for my guy Rob Maloney. Conley's girls are the number two overall seed in the 3A girls bracket. And uh, North Pitt getting in as a wild card. They are in the 2A girls. Uh, they head out to the Outer Banks and play as a number 16 bracket. If they and Farmville win, they'll both play one another in round two on Thursday. As far as the North Carolina Independent Schools, they are playing. A couple of girls teams have qualified for the semifinals in their state tournament on Tuesday night. Uh, that includes uh, over in Belhaven, Pungo, in uh, the 1A girls. 1A boys, Greenfield, is still playing. And uh, the Parrot Academy girls are the 3A semifinals. Uh, if we had a show, we'd have uh, talked to him tomorrow when he uh, plays his game. But uh, because we're preempted, I wanted to get uh, the coach, Kelly Johnson, Parrot Academy girls basketball coach, and my dad on the phone with us uh, here uh, to uh, talk about uh, advancing to the semifinals of the state tournament and uh, a trip out to Asheville on uh, Tuesday. Congratulations. I got a chance to do something I've not done this year, and that's watch a basketball game as a, as I put it to the big hint on Twitter, a partisan alumni spectator. So I enjoyed that as much as anything on uh, on uh, Friday uh, night watching your team uh, advance to the semifinals. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad you did. I'm glad you were able to get into the uh, game. You know, we've had restrictions all year, and uh, it's been, you know, quite the year, but uh, on the court, I think we've done a good job, and uh, this team has really uh, played up to my expectations so far. 
We uh, are talking to Paired Academy girls coach, uh, veteran coach Kelly Johnson. We haven't talked on uh, this show too much to, to any high school basketball coaches this year. It's been kind of a funky season. Uh, I've had a couple of uh, college games I've announced, a couple high school games I've announced. So uh, yeah, I've seen sort of the things from a COVID standpoint that uh, everybody's had to go through. Did you kind of, uh, uh, I mean, take us through a little bit of that. I know back when the independent schools were maybe a little looser and letting people work out a little more, it started then, though, with having to follow state guidelines and all that, didn't it? Yeah, so we've had um, state guidelines uh, the whole year. We, we actually started, we played a couple games in November, and those were without math. And I can't remember the date, but I think it was once we got into December, we had to start wearing masks and, you know, did away with the jump ball and got the media timeout where you get, you know, one the uh, timeout at, under the four-minute mark. Um, so it's been, you know, it's been a – a different type season. Uh, we've been very fortunate uh, with uh, – we had a couple girls that had COVID this summer. We have not missed but one game because of COVID. And um, and really that game was with Fungo. And it was a situation where both – we were going to play a boys and a girls game. And uh, both teams had some COVID issues. And that's the only – game that we lost because of our COVID issues. Now, we've had some games canceled. We uh, originally were going to play 25 games and we ended up so we are we've played 18 so far with two of those being in the playoffs. So we got 16 of those regular season games in. Another unusual thing was our conference tournament got canceled because one of the girls teams in our league was uh, in quarantine right during conference play. And so the decision was made, and I totally agreed with it. We did away with our conference tournament so they could complete their conference season and make up some games. So uh, that, you know, it has been an unusual year, uh, you know, from being spaced out on the bench to bringing your own water bottles to wearing masks. And, uh, you know, when we, we've been in school all year, you know, they get their temperatures taken when they get arrive at school, they get them taken during fourth period. So, uh, it is, it has been quite a year, but, uh, I've been proud of the way my team has handled it. The, uh, Parrot Academy girls team playing in the state semifinals. Uh, of course the playoff seeds were announced for the uh, public schools Sunday and uh, other teams that are uh, in the independent schools uh, tournament in our area also uh, still playing. Parrot has won uh, four in a row, uh, and they will go to Asheville Christian Tuesday for a, uh, a game. Uh, it says 4.30 on this. Is it 4.30 or 5.30? It says 4.30 on the schedule in front of me, but I thought it I'm... is 4.30. It okay. is 4.30. Originally, it was 5.30, but we've, we're going to play it earlier so we can make the trip back. Okay. Give me a, uh, a little bit of an update. Uh, your team, sixteen and two, tied for the league, uh, tied for the conference championship uh, at uh, five and one, uh, seven and zero oh on the road. But give us some of the names of some of the players. I was impressed with the way you guys kind of passed the basketball and uh, how truly uh, unselfish a lot of your uh, players are. Yes, uh, I mean this team's been together for a couple years. Uh, we. Uh, our senior uh, Virginia Edmondson, uh, the last two seasons, she played part of the seasons. I think her sophomore year, she played 
seven or eight games. Uh, her junior year, she played in ten in the tenth one in both seasons. That, uh, she tore her ACL. So she tore her ACL in both knees. And in both of those situations, at the time she got hurt her junior year, we were we, we were 10 and 0, and her uh, uh, sophomore year we had only lost one game. Uh, up until that point, I can't remember the exact record. So we've had we're, we're fortunate we've had her all season long. She makes us a different team. Um, I've got a junior, Ava Blair, who's from over in Greenville. She's uh, had a very good year. She's been on the varsity since the eighth grader. And uh, she's had a, a great defensive player, uh, can, is a pretty uh, good shooter. She's a streaky shooter, but when she gets hot, she uh, and she hit two big jumpers in the third quarter the other night when we came back from a, a halftime deficit. And then our uh, core of our classes are, are four sophomores, Hannah Dalton, uh, Ellie Wooten, Carolina Wano, and Rachel Aquaco, and Three of those have been with me since they were in the eighth grade, been on the varsity, and then Hannah Dawson uh, moved up as a freshman. So they've, you know, they're they're veteran players, and uh, these girls have worked hard. Uh, I know we've been going to team camp. We couldn't go this year, so we. Uh, <clears throat> so what happened was we were able to do some workouts, yeah. and that allowed us to do a lot of individual stuff because when we first started those workouts you had to they had to use their own ball you couldn't be within six feet of each other so really it was all individual work you know in a group setting you couldn't uh have a partner or anything like that couldn't do any contact so it basically was on uh shooting and ball handling drills and things like that so it worked out real well you know we've got several girls that play multiple sports but uh which which I like. I think that's a good good for the girl, a girl, male or female athlete at the high high school level. And um, you know, it's it's been a good group of girls. They've worked hard to get here, and uh, I'm proud they're seeing some uh, success. You know, last year we uh, did not win a conference game. In fact, we were 14 and one, and then we lost our last seven games. So uh, um, you know, this year our goal was. We started game by game. We wanted to win the comp- our first conference game. We did. So we, I told them for one night we're in first place. So uh, we stayed in first place till we played St. David's the first time. They beat us. Then we go to at our place. Then we go to their place uh, a week and a half later and beat them. And then we had to turn turn right around and play them this past uh, Friday night at their place again because they got the higher seed because of a tiebreaker over us. And uh, and we were able to win that game. And in all three games, you know, we know each other so well that uh, it, they were very defensive-oriented games, very hard to score for both teams. And, uh, you know, I tell people after the game the other night, we won 27 to uh, 24. I was glad we hit that – that uh, our field goal kicker kicked, uh, hit that 40-yarder in the, in the fourth quarter. But it was a great – you know, I mean, very competitive and uh, – you know, this year, one thing I will say, Patrick, our state association went with the East-West uh, set up for the state tournament, which we normally don't do. And they did that up until the semis. And then once you got to the semis, we're going uh, east, east, you know, lower east team travels to the higher west. And then the uh, 
lowest west will go to the higher east, mm-hmm. and then uh, the the highest seed left will uh, will host the state championship game. We typically play our first round games in our state tournament at the higher seed. Then we get to the semis and finals, and we're at a neutral site. But because of the COVID, we did not do that. We are only allowed twenty five people in. It's uh, kind of unique. Uh, you got to be on a pass list. And uh, the visiting team gets 12 people, and the home team gets 13. So it's been, it's been interesting. Uh, you know, uh, some of your listeners probably don't know, I've coached AAU uh, for years uh, back in the in the 90s, girls AAU. And uh, it reminds me of AAU because there's not very many fans there, and the ones that are there are the parents. And that's one thing I hate that our girls have missed this year because we've had a real good season. I wish some of their uh, classmates could come to the games. And watch them play, and we 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 have good attendance at our at our home games typically here in a normal year at Parrot. So uh, um, they're missing out on a little bit of that, but they you know they bring their own enthusiasm, and I've been proud of them for uh, the way they played this year. It was fun to watch them uh, react the other night after winning Friday, and uh, that was a a good game to watch. Uh, as I was so very far social distanced. Uh, yeah. In the skybox for those that were wondering. All right. uh, Hey, good luck. Safe travels to Asheville, and uh, hope you make the championship game on uh, Saturday. All right. Now, if we we win tonight and we make the championship game, uh, I'm kind of superstitious. I have to be back on your show before we go. (laughs) We go got, up play that state championship game. We, if you make it, we'll have you on Friday. We got extra time, so we'll do it on Friday. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. There he goes. A uh, little point of personal privilege for me, uh, but enjoyed having uh, Coach uh, Kelly Johnson on my uh, pops there. And uh, good luck to uh, the uh, Patriots. Good luck to the uh, uh, Pungo Christian girls. They're all in the uh, s- semifinals of their state tournament tomorrow night. And good luck to all our local teams who uh, begin their journey for a state championship tomorrow night. The uh, basketball playoffs are always here. It's always a lot of fun. I, I love the uh, I love the basketball playoffs as much as any playoff in uh, North Carolina. Hey, good to have Coach Godwin on. Uh, Pirate basketball coming up tonight. Uh, or I should say Joe Dooley coming up tonight. We'll get the very latest on Pirate basketball. Uh, just not hearing great things about the possibility of Saturday. Uh, but Coach will have more of an update on what's going on as uh, the Pirate program deals with some COVID issues and apparently some major COVID issues. So stay tuned for that. It's coming up at the top of the hour, the Joe Dooley Show. Uh, if you want to listen to uh, Duke Hoops over on 103.7 WTIB coverage at the top of the hour as well, our sister station, Duke and uh, Syracuse. No show tomorrow. Uh, there'll be Pirate Baseball as they host Duke. 345 airtime, 4 o'clock first pitch. We'll be back Wednesday. Break it all down for you and more. Have a great evening.